Hello, welcome to Lease FM today. I'm joined by Scott Smith, director and co-writer of Chasing the Blues, um, a, a new movie that's about to hit the screens during the Chicago Film Festival. And, and it's the premiere, world premiere? Yeah, it's the world premiere. And um, it runs, uh, it's screening the first time on Saturday at 8.45. Wow. And then screens two more times uh, during the week. How does that feel like you've been, how long has this been in the making, this film? Well, we made, we physically made the film last year, okay. September. Um, so it's a pretty quick timeline yeah, to have really. it, to have it, you know, done and on the screen in a festival, you know, a year later. But um, Kevin Gilfoyle and I have been working on the script. Uh, it's been a while. I mean, it's based on a short story he wrote. And um, when I looked back, kind of like when the first drafts were, because um, I wasn't sure. We first started messing around with it like like ten years ago. Oh my! And God. then, um, wow. yeah, and then it evolved, and then there's a lot of rewrites, and and then um, we were trying to John Fromstein, my producer, and I were trying to um, produce a different film before this, and it was ended up being a little more complicated, you know, especially for this is my first. Um, narrative feature yeah so um, for a first-time director it's there's a lot of elements from the standpoint of even raising money you know do people want to put money in an unproven person kind of thing and right um, so we went back to this script which was a lot easier to uh, to do because it had less characters and just a, a, a more specific uh, storyline so the first one didn't get made no wow no, no. Well, hey, yeah, <laughs> that happens though. You know, it might might happen. It might get made in a couple of years. Like that's yeah. the thing with ideas is kind of yeah, right. As a writer, you just have to keep churning. Yeah, absolutely. As I've been yeah. learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, so it started. How did it start? Did you read? Were you and Kevin friends, or did so, you? Well, it, yeah, it's kind of a f uh, funnyish story. Kevin and I had met a couple times through a, a friend of ours, and. Um, the like I mentioned, John, my producer was reading a book. Um, it was a, 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 chrono, a chronology of, um, or an anthology, I should say, of uh, stories that take place in Chicago. And and the prompt of the short story was it had to have the word blues in it. And so Kevin wrote this short story called "Oh Death Wears Thy Sting," and um, wrote it about these quirky characters this mysterious blues you know guy and um john read it and and thought it'd be a great short film um and then he sent it to me and i looked at it and i read it and i was just you know i just saw beyond a short film and said this this would be a cool feature i mean because it's got great characters um it's very it's very quirky very visual and um so at that point, I, I looked in it and I saw it was Kevin wrote it. And so I called him and we had a conversation about it. I asked him if he ever thought about turning it into a screenplay or, you know, or making it, you know, into a feature. And um, he hadn't. He's written other stuff that people have, um, you know, approached him about. Um, so I think in his mind, he was like, yeah. Another one of these. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, so we talked about it, and I asked him if he wanted to write it with me, and um, um, and so I kind of, you know, wrote a little treatment of what, you know, what I thought or where, how we could expand it. So you wrote the whole script? Well, or you kind of wrote like a yeah, through I wrote line. Kind of, yeah, like 
because because the the story as it was basically took place in in uh, in an apartment, and that was you know that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was told from the point of view of one of the main characters who at the time was in prison for some reason. Oh, um, mysterious. Yes. So I I just kind of had the idea of taking it expanding it and kind of like chopping up into kind of into time periods and, and so then once we sort of had the basis of it we just batted the script back and forth for a and, while and you'd never met kevin before this or um we had met at a couple kind of events okay yeah but not as like a writing partnership no no not at all and not how did that all. how did that look initially um well well kevin is a incredible novelist and he hadn't done a screenplay and um, I'd done, you know, a bunch of screenplays and have just had experience in that for a while. Um, we both worked in advertising. Um, so the collaboration gene is kind of there. Totally. And um, so it was, um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, like I said, I've been, I've been collaborating, you know, for a long time because in advertising you work with partners and you, you know, build on ideas and bat things back and forth. Mm-hmm. and it's e- it's it's easier for me to do that anyway yeah because I sit solitaire you know in a room and like it's mm, a good idea I don't know <laughs> yeah no it's like not it's, constructive yeah. Yeah. yeah um so okay let's talk about your screenwriting past and your directorial or film past like what when did you start making movies what was your first kind of venture uh well it's kind of circuitous in a way I mean initially I was really interested I mean I've always been interested in and kind of film and commercials and just that way of storytelling. Um, and so years ago I saw, I don't know where I was, or it was in a bookstore, but I saw like uh, a script. It was, it was before they had, you know, scripts online. I mean, there was no computers or whatever. Right, right, right. And um, it was, you know, 120 pages, you know, bound by these, you know, three brads and, and they were selling these scripts to motion pictures. I'm like, Wow, that is kind of cool. I'm gonna buy one and just so I looked through it. And I, I can't what remember was, what it was, yeah. <laughs> um, um, and you know I read it and it was like this is this is really cool. It's a cool format, you know, and it's very visual, obviously, because that's what motion pictures are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started, you know, reading screenplays, and I've been, you know, also, you know, just kind of reading plays, just because I love the dialogue. Like I read a lot of Neil Simon. Oh yeah, and um, just because I love I love the banter and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So you know, at one point I I gave it a shot, and I sort of had fun, and um, it, um, and I moved to L.A. from San Francisco, um, where I was living, and took a screenwriting class, um, uh, through an organization called Writers Boot Camp, which started <laughs> off in a in a living room. And now it's a huge conglomerate in L.A. Wow. Um, That's just how things in L.A. grow. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so I, you know, through that I wrote my first screenplay and it was like, it felt like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Yeah. What a great accomplishment. What was this? What was that about with the screenplay? Um, It was about. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, It was about a, a womanizing guy. Who um, falls in love with the finally falls in love, mm-hmm. and, and it's a comedy. So okay. <laughs> wait for this turn. Um, <laughs> but the woman he falls in love with is dying, 
Yes, it doesn't sound like a comedy, <laughs> but nonetheless. Um, yeah. So that's that was kind of the premise. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Cool. What yeah. was it called? That at that time it was called the Art of Love. The Art of Love. Good. Yeah. He was a curator and she was an artist. Oh. <laughs> I know that's so yeah. sweet. Um, so, what were your like early like influences? Would you say with with film? Like, was there a director that you like really clung on to, or like films that you always yeah. like, wanted to see, or a writer that you well, loved? From, or? Yeah, I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, the things that I admired are like um, Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, like Boogie Nights and Magnolia, mm -hmm. and um, um, I really like Steven Soderbergh and just. You know, as I think about it, it's kind of the the people who who I see that kind of are breaking rules or just kind of doing it how they do it. Yeah. Um, and um, that sort of it, you know, attracts me to that that kind of thing. Whether you know whether people think the movie's good or that that kind of thing, I guess is is beyond because it's just I I love the the chances and risks that they take. Yeah. Um, because that in my mind is sort of inspiring. Right. Um, but from a directing standpoint, I mean, I, like I said, I was basically have been in advertising for over 20 years and, um, shooting commercials or filming commercials, I should say it's more politically correct. <laughs> um, you know, I was on set with some really great commercial directors and, um, you know, shot tons of commercials and had great opportunities and, um, I would just kind of learn from watching them and asking questions and um, everything from, you know, their approach to casting. Um, because, you know, a commercial, 30 seconds or 60 seconds is really, it's a mini film. Yeah. Because it's the same crew, it's the same, you know, same amount of people, it's the same departments, you mm -hmm. have an art department, a production department, you know. Sound guy, yeah. Ev yeah, everything is the same, except in a film it's just, you know, expanded by so many days or right. whatever. Um, but I, you know, but the thing was, I was always intimidated by, by the directors yeah. you know, and I never had this thing like, oh man, I wish I was a director because I, I sort of revered them in a way. Um, because that was, you know, kind of as my, ro my role as a creative director was more to, you know, to sit back and kind of observe the, you know, the creative and make sure the idea is coming through and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't deal with the stuff that they, they dealt with. And I just kind of saw them as pulling things off magically oh, right. and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Definitely. And um, so one, at one point in my career, I was just kind of like, well, I want to make some spec commercials. Yeah. You know, I have some ideas that aren't getting made and right. it'd be really fun just to do something. So um, I got a couple of people together, had a, a couple ideas and very simple. One, you know, one position ideas, cam camera position ideas and and shot them and and. It was fun because it was a different kind of creativity. It was using my mind in a different way. And I started to understand that the director was coming from a, a different headspace as mm -hmm. opposed to when I was a creative director, that was a different headspace. Yeah. So once I got into the, you know, to the director mindset, it sort of made sense. Yeah. You know, um, what about it was was different, would you say? Um, there were I think I don't want to say there's more control because I mean there is but that's not what attracted me to it it was I think it's really comes down to creative problem solving mm -hmm. in a way um, because stuff comes up on a set 
that you have to figure out yeah you know one way or the another of another but and the thing is you can't really lose the story you know you can't lose what you're trying to say yeah. so the issue becomes trying to figure out how not to compromise that but nonetheless you know um accommodate whatever the issue is or right wh whatever it may absolutely. be absolutely so just um, constant problem solving puzzle doing and yeah, yeah and then you have all the people that are kind of like looking to you for direction right. which <laughs> literally. is yeah which is which something is that lot. you learn yeah because that's what people want yeah you know if you're kind of wishy-washy i've learned um <laughs> you do learn things that. things don't move you know <laughs> yeah. and like you said people are just looking for a decision and direction right they want to know what you know what to do totally um, um what what movie made you want to make a movie like what feature film did you see you know that was uh, like hmm. yeah you know um i guess i kind of go back to steven soderbergh um, because he kind of started that whole independent filmmaking thing. Totally. What were some of his big um, ones? Oh my God! What was this? Oh my! Uh, I feel it's, uh, it was that one with. Uh, <laughs> we can Google it. It's a podcast. Yes. It's recorded. I can. We should Google that. it. Okay, well, let's Google it. Um, oh God! Oh jeez. <laughs> Sex lies and videotape. Okay. Is that it? it? Yeah, it might be. I don't know, Stephen. Um. Yeah, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. So what's that? Sex, Lies, and Videotape. That was his... Hey, you guys have the same glasses. His... <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. That's too. so weird. <laughs> that's really creepy. <laughs> About to shave your head. <laughs> um, oh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, he did a lot of... Logan. Oh, he just did Logan Lucky. Oh, yeah, Aaron yeah. Brockovich. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. Um, but the first one you, you remember really was Sex, Lies, and Videotape. What's that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that one. Oh, you should see it. Um, well, here's here's a sub summary. A sexually okay, repressed a sexually repressed woman's husband is having an affair with her sister. The arrival of a visitor was rather unusual. Fetish changes everything. He he would tape these conversations mm -hmm. um, about about sex oh, okay. with people and kind of you know I don't want to say get off on it, but I mean um, <laughs> but that's what you happens. know that was yeah, so sort kind of, of a passion of him. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But the thing that was kind of groundbreaking is it was um you know it was a low budget film and it sort of defined what what independent filmmaking filmmaking was at the time. Yeah. And so then people like Kevin Smith um you know did Clerks and um and it sort of just started to snowball from there and what was inspiring was it was just these guys saying I'm going to do this. You know, it's a simple story. It takes place in a couple locations. And, you know, I can, you know, I can do it. And so I think that inspired a lot of filmmakers to um, to just push ahead and and do it. Yeah. And so what was your first short outside of like the commercial? I um, well, that was the thing that sort of, in my mind, validated that this is kind of something that I'm really into. Yeah, and totally. really loved and was passionate about. Um, I had this um, this idea of a guy uh, breaking all ten commandments in in a couple minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, what I, inspired that? Were you feeling particularly? Angry? I was. When was this? Uh, uh, it was early two thousand. Okay. Um, maybe two thousand three. Maybe mm -hmm. I can't remember. 
Um, I'm very old. My memory is. Um, <laughs> Please. Well, uh, going back to the like spec, the spec TV spots. Uh-huh. Um, when I was working, I was working with a, f- a friend and trying to come up with some stuff, and and he um, had a church that he went to, and it was like, why don't you know? He was like, why don't we do something for the church because it could be really kind of cool and fun. Like a commercial um, for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he. Um, um he came up with this this line about um um every oh my god no i can't even remember just a second um it was it was something about you know we could use a few good sinners okay you know something yeah i think that's what it was a few good good sinners and um so nothing ever happened with it but i loved that line Mm -hmm. you know because it was well of course, that's why you go to church yeah. and blah blah blah. And um, and being Jewish, I kind of had a um, you know um, an arm length, so I could be <laughs> irreverent if I wanted. <laughs> okay. Um, so from that, it just I just started thinking about sins, and and I was like, well, that'd be cool to show somebody doing you know, like breaking all ten commandments. It, and first, it, my first thought was in thirty seconds. Yeah. Wow. But you know, because it was so commercial. Just like quick shots of. Yeah, but yeah. so I gave it to a, a producer to look at, and um, she read it, and she looked at me, and she's like, there's no way you're doing this in 30 <laughs> seconds. And I was, like, crushed in the beginning, oh. you know, and I'm like, oh, God. And then I thought, well, it could be a short film. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it being a short film. It doesn't right. have to be a commercial. No. Um, so I ended up. What um, are the Ten Commandments? Oh, God, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, okay, we got gluttony. The, the, no, the gluttony. No, I think that's a sin. Oh. Or, a, or, a, or oh, com- a, I mean, a, commandments. A, yeah, like do not do, do not harm, kill, do not kill, do not. Um, um, I'm googling oh, those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, lie. You're Jewish. I'm trying, I know. I'm trying to think. I'm trying okay, to. Here think, we go. I'm trying to think. Of I my am short. the Lord thy God. No other gods before me. No graven images or likenesses. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Ooh. remember the sabbath day honor thy father and thy mother thou shalt not killed thou shalt not commit adultery shall not kill and then i lost them so there's a couple more yeah so so i basically yeah took those and and really basically well i i'll give you the the website yeah i want to watch um but basically it's a story about this guy who you open up and he's in bed with a woman and you know who it is and his mother calls and you know he's disrespecting mm-hmm. his mom okay. and he's, you know and she's he's doing something on the sabbath and of course he's committing adultery yeah and then um who's he kill the husband comes home oh and um but it's all accidental because what happens is so then the guy <laughs> gets up um he sees his, you know, his husband's watches. Oh, nice watch collection! So he steals one of those, that, yeah. and then he sees a a, a driver, a golf club, um, in the corner. He's like, "Ooh, this is kind of nice," and so he's as he's swinging, he's in some weird position. The husband comes home, and as he opens the door, um, the backswing, the backswing hits the <laughs> hits the guy. And he, <laughs> he goes over the banister. Oh man! I mean, it's goofy, but it's uh, it's really um. It was really fun, and it was the DP I had was amazing, and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, that um, I sent that I sent actually a rough cut to 
a competition um, which was new back then, the Project Greenlight. Okay. With Ben Affleck yeah, and yeah, Matt yeah. Damon. And it was in its third season, so I was just like, yeah, I'm going to send it out there and yeah. just whatever. What'd they say? And, um, well, I got, I made it to the next round, <gasps> which was really thrilling. Yeah. Um, and so you had to then send a video of your, of your introducing yourself in mm -hmm. a creative way, blah, 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 whatever. So I did that, and then I made it to um, the top 50, and I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And so then um, they look at, they looked at you know everything that you sent and then they cut it down to 10 people and I was one of the 10 <gasps> and then they gave an assignment which was um called a um it was like they gave you a it's a three-page script but not all the script was filled out okay it was kind of like wow. you know they give some like you a know, mad lines. thing yeah I can't remember what it, yeah there's a name for it but um you know so basically everybody had the same script you have mm. but you would interpret it differently as you sort of put you know, um, um, you know, uh, a different dialogue or right. uh, that kind of thing in it. Um, so I did that and made it to the, the top three. And then the top, they brought the top three um, people out to L.A. for a week. Wow. And um, what we had to do as directors was make a presentation for the script that they chose um, to produce. And the script they chose to produce was called Feast, and it was a sort of a comedic horror film. Okay. Um, and, you know, horror was n is not something that, you yeah. know, I r really aspire to or whatever. <laughs> right. I even like watching because it's yeah. frightening. I hate it too, yeah. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, I did my presentation and I mean comedic and, um, it's not just yeah straight. yeah and so um I redefined <laughs> I redefined the category as <laughs> a, um, uh, breaking the rules I called it a horridy okay <laughs> <laughs> and um and I you know made my presentation uh -huh. or whatever and um and I didn't win uh, um, well, but you know you made it that far though. yeah and yeah. You, did you so get to was, meet Ben and yeah yeah yeah, yeah they were on the the thing and the the panel or whatever you call uh -huh. it the I was presenting to and um, but it was yeah it was an unbelievable experience totally wow yeah that's just, cool so, and that was all in your first movie first yeah it was first a first film. short yeah first short. And then it's all it was all downhill from there until <laughs> isn't it like <laughs> until that until this yeah <laughs> and here we are um so okay so then let's get okay let's look back to the influences so we kind of listed a couple um let's talk like writing like writing influences have you been a writer like your whole life have you always written I, stuff I, or well i haven't or? actually i um i was trained as an art director okay um so you know i, I went to school and got a degree in graphic communication and um, i never liked reading as a kid mm -hmm. um i would like be on the same sentence over and over totally until my eyes closed yeah <laughs> and um so you know so i kind of that was never my thing and um and so at that point writing wasn't either and in college as a matter of fact i remember taking a writing class my only writing class because um after one of the assignments the teacher i mean he it was actually like you are not a writer and i'm oh like oh my gosh <laughs> dude thanks for encouraging me oh I, it, that's it, like in I, harry potter you're in harry potter Okay. I've just no. seen them. Okay. Oh, well, Trelawney, Professor Trelawney, the like, yeah. um, one that has like the inner eye. She tells Hermione that she's like a withered, <laughs> like old woman inside and she can't, she doesn't have the, the divine skill. So he really did that to you? 
Yeah. And so I was discouraged. Hmm. And, I, I would say so. How, then, well, how old were you then? It was in college. So, okay. You so know, yeah, impressionable. Yeah. Um, but, um, but the thing, I mean, as it comes around, the thing was when I told you, like when I started reading those screenplays, it kind of like inspired me, you know, and by that time I was like, you know, several years after college, I was just like, you know, whatever, I'm going to just write because I, I need to try and express myself. And And it's totally different to have to write dialogue. It's like writing conversation as opposed to writing short, you know, fiction or. Yeah, and so once I started writing, I kind of I got into it, yeah. you know, and then of course I, you know, started reading more because you know there's just I, you know, it's just one more interesting, <laughs> but at the same time it would you know inspire me, and I would look at different styles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, so I just that was one thing that I just kind of um, um, kept doing. Yeah, you know, even when. You know, obviously when I'm I'm working, I'll just have projects going just to do it because it's one of those things that really satisfies that creativity. Absolutely. Um, And so, like, do you you read movie scripts a lot? Is that, Um, like, who's your favorite to read? Well, Are you a Tarantino or, like? um, I like Aaron Sorkin. Okay. Um, What's, What's he done? He um, well, he just wrote that the that Steve Jobs movie. Um, he did the the um, the Social Network. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was famous for the um, oh, the one that Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise were in. It was a play first. You can't handle the truth. Okay. That one I can't remember the name. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but his oh, and he he wrote the um or created uh sports night i don't know if you ever saw it. it was a tv series um and it was just it's just it's just snappy it's on it's an old word snappy dialogue <laughs> snappy. It's good. Um, we're gonna bring it back snappy yeah. is back super snappy um just like kind of back and forth just yeah really. just you know and um very witty and and um you just kind of like smile along you know with these people kind of like it's like at a kind of like a David Mamet pace, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's like um, quips and, you know, all that right. kind of stuff, which I just, you know, spoke to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in a, in a movie, are you it's like, OK, you know, when you talk about music, it's like, do you listen to the melody or do you hear the lyrics in the movie? Do you do you, are you talk more about the the dialogue or are you more about the direction and the well, when you're watching? Oh, when I'm watching. Um, it's, it's actually, it's kind of everything at this point. It's kind of weird because it's hard a lot of times to watch movies just from the standpoint of, I'm like, oh my God, that was a great way to do that. And (laughs) like, like, it's not even absorbing as a store anymore. It's just like all devices. And I'm like, oh my God, they're doing that. And there's like 20 people behind the camera and that person is, I'm just trying to figure out how they shot it. And like, oh my God, wait, was that two cameras? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. Right, for um, sure. So it it makes it a little harder, you know, so it's good to, like, maybe see things a couple times. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, so from the movie-making standpoint, then, is yeah. it all of it, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's whatever serves the story mm-hmm. is really kind of my thing, you know, and if you can say say something or tell tell part of the story without the dialogue, 
it's kind of it's usually better yeah um just from the standpoint of you know when you're kind of on the nose and and doing that kind of stuff you know you lose people it's just like uh, life isn't like that yeah there's a lot of silence in yeah. everyday life. So, okay, so let's let's get into the Chasing the Blues because I yes. want to talk okay. about the, the story and kind of the, the musical tie-ins. Um, so, so it's about two... Yeah, it's about two rival blues record collectors... Yes. ...who are... who find... Okay, let me start over. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I know, we're just waking up, aren't we? You've yes. got a big couple days ahead of you, man. Know. It's okay. It's um, no, it's about two rival record collectors. It's who like are you're after... pitching it to me. I know, I know. You haven't even made it yet. Do you have any money? <laughs> um, uh, they're yes. after the same record. They're after the same record, which is, which is a mythical, kind of a legendary, yeah, yeah, blues blues album that okay. some people don't think exists. It's like the Loch Ness. It's like a myth, yeah. yeah. Um, but one of them finds it in a old lady's apartment in the in Hyde Park, in the wow. south side. Um, and the other one gets wind of it, and it's basically them camping out in her apartment um, for several days, trying to figure out how they know, can extract it. Yeah, and do and, they kill her? And extract each other? <laughs> no, you'll you don't have, have to. to you'll have to, see, have to it. see it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a prison component. Yeah, I know. I was about to <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Back to the breaking the yeah. Ten Commandments. Um. So and and you had worked with some pretty big names on this. Yeah, there were um we we had a couple cameos um appear um John Lovitz and yes. Steve Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. And um we were fortunate to have Anna Maria Hosford which people will not recognize her name but may recognize what she looks like. She's been in a ton of yeah. stuff. And um she was amazing. Yeah. She was I mean, ev- everybody was amazing. All the actors, they all had their own way, yeah. you know, about them to totally. prepare and what they needed to know. And um, it was a, it was cool. It was a great learning experience from that aspect as well. Um, but Grant Rossenmeyer um, played the lead. And Ron Connor, who's from Chicago, um, played his, uh, you know, the I other know. lead. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and um, it was... Uh, fun and i can't remember what the question was <laughs> what is it about that was good that that covered it <laughs> so we got our we got our two guys what's the what's the feel is it a comedy is it it's a dark yeah, comedy I is was, it yeah i say yeah it's i say it's a dark comedy i say there's there's a uh, blood and laughs okay so kind of fargo kind of yeah yeah i would yeah put it in that kind yeah, of yeah i mean it would be nice to be in that <laughs> we'll in the same in sentence yeah, exactly. with the coen brothers <laughs> um but um yeah it's like it's 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 fun i mean that's kind of the the way i see stuff you know what i mean yeah totally like uh the music does the music drive the movie a lot or is it more just kind of another character um yeah i would say it's probably another character in in the sense that it it you know kind of sets the tone in the environment um there you know there is obviously blues in it and um the way we've that we've kind of used it is you know in a in an organic sense and in like you know there's a scene where where alan the one of the main characters is in a car and you know and there's some 
you know, a song coming off of the radio. So it's what he's listening to, you know, and then there's, you know, at the record store, there's, you know, obviously there's something playing there mm -hmm. and they're talking about a different record. And um, so I, you know, tried to have it as organic as possible without, you know, having kind of like just transition scenes with, right. with, with blues in it. Um, but obviously there's some of those as well. And we had a, a, a musician by the name of the Bones of J.R. Jones, um, write some original <laughs> original music cool. in that vein. And um, the Bones of J.R. Jones, yeah, I love that. Look him up; he's amazing. Maybe I'll use some of that in this podcast. Yeah, there's actually we have two songs on um, Spotify. Spotify, cool, and yeah. SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Definitely Spotify. Spotify. Okay, I'll find it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can give you that. Yeah, book. cool. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, part of part of our dream is to kind of turn a lot of the stuff like into a soundtrack and make a vinyl. Wow! Oh, that'd be, be really so fun. cool to press a vinyl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd be like super meta too, because that's yeah. what it's all right, about. Right. 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 Um, so okay, so you ten years ago came up with this idea. And then you were kind of writing, 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 writing. And then when was it that it kind of like was like, oh, yeah, this is, we're going to make this. What what was your first? Was it an investor that made you kind of make the decision or was it an actor? It was, um, yeah, it was definitely investor because you can't really do anything. I mean, you can't do anything without the money. Yeah. You know, and so part of a strategy is always like, can you get an actor attached? Because that brings money. But yeah. actors don't want to be attached unless there's money. Right. You so know, or unless 22. you're, yeah, unless, yeah. Um, <laughs> unless you're, you know, buddies with Ryan Gosling or something. Right. Um, but, um, you know, so John, um, the producer was, was, you know, pushing, um, uh, meeting with people, meeting with investors. Um, he was the, you know, the key to, to kind of cracking that code. And um, uh, once we sort of had enough to get started, we brought um, J.J. Ingram, Ingram on as a producer. Wow. And once um, once she came aboard, it was just like the, the train just Full didn't force. stop. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And so I ended up, you know, and I was hesitant un until... You know, it was for sure because I took because I was working. And so I took six weeks off. I took a 30, wow. 30 day leave of absence and two weeks of um, vacation. But I wasn't going to put it in until you knew. Yeah. I mean, I was working. We were working like it was happening. It was happening. It was happening. But I didn't pull the trigger until I actually knew. I mean, fair um, enough. Because I ha because on the um, whenever you do like a leave of absence, I, I discovered you sign a piece of paper that says, um, you know, well, this is cool, but, um, y you know, You're not your, job may, your job may not be here when you come back, oh. just so you know. <laughs> you know, okay, in case. Good like, luck. It's like, ooh, okay, okay well, I'm going to do this anyway. Um, but it was like it, you needed to, you needed that that time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, How long did it needed did you more, film? but yeah, well. um, um, we t it took 18 days to film. Okay. And as it was first budgeted out, it was budgeted out for 21 days. So, but we couldn't afford that. Mm -hmm. So we somehow crammed it all into 18 days. Wow. And it was very painful, but And then did fun. you send it off to a, like, place to get edited, or did you? We, no, we edited um, um, in Chicago. Okay. A place called Cutter's Studios. Cool. Um, um, Aaron Kaiser was the editor. And, um, 
he worked fast and furiously and um and um you know got a rough cut together which was um rough <laughs> rough and long yeah um and then how did it um, feel to watch that like the first time um it was it was cool i mean the thing was we you know we would see stuff cuz we were shipping giving him um giving him footage the day we shot it so he could just start putting it together because you know we wanted to get it sort of done quickly you know so i was kind of seeing stuff all along but when you sort of see the story coming together it's it's yeah it's pretty cool that's really cool yeah the hardest part though is is really editing the thing especially for you know because i'm so vested in it like living with these characters from writing the stuff and these right. scenes are oh my god that scene's so precious and yeah you know what i mean it's and, like a baby um, yeah it was really it's it's hard cutting it down you know and um but like i said before you have to do what serves the story and if the you know it's funny because on this on the the script stuff will work but a lot of times, translating it to the screen, you go, you know, that's not even, yeah. it's not working. It's Which like is something really... looking good on the hanger, and then you put it yeah. on, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't totally. like that role. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was a, it was kind of a lot of that too, and and so it was, you know, we were brutals. Like if it didn't serve the story, we had to cut it, or if, or if it was repeating part of the story, which didn't need to be repeated, right? You know, we cut it. So, um, so now it's very svelte. Good. And moves, moves How quickly. long is it? 77 minutes. That's short. Yes. Yeah. Well, hour, yeah. hour 17. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. good. Decent. Yeah. 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 Good. Uh, are you, um, do you want to like, what's your next step? Like, do you want to sell it to Netflix or do you want to not, next, not Yeah. I mean, ideally the next step is for a, a distributor to pick it up, um, which means then it would, you know, be, you know, available on, on Netflix and yeah. Amazon and in theaters and, right. you know. In playing in in Japan and wherever yeah. you know, wherever they have the <laughs> right. the distribution rights to. How does the the process work? So you're you're showing it at the festival, kind of as a vessel to get more eyes on it and to get more people interested. Yeah. Is that really key? Yeah, I think that that's the main that's the main thing about festivals is there are people there, you know, distributors who are kind of looking for content. Yeah, you know, obviously a lot of times like. Um, they're already a lot of these movies already have that, right? You know, as they as they screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for us, it's yeah, it's it's exposure. Um, it's meeting with, you know, with people who potentially could do that. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's I guess the next step. But I I'm not involved in that thankfully because I would not good <laughs> about that stuff to people. <laughs> Hey, you know, producers, that's, that's yeah, all right. They're yeah. excellent at it. <laughs> exactly. Um, everybody has their role. Yes. And I, I know you're a great director. Um, I know my place. Exactly. That's And that's what it's all about. It's yeah. so, so much of that, like, yeah. collaborating. And Absolutely. If there, if it wasn't for that, it wouldn't get made, wouldn't make it past the page, right? Yeah, so, definitely. So it's it's good. Um, okay, well, we'll we can kind of wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just... Talk about like why, why you love to make movies. Why why is that your you know your thing? That's a great great question. Um, and there's I don't know there's something about the creative expression in that. There's something about the um, the storytelling of of 
you know, imagining something on the page and then actually seeing it um, performed, you know, or, or seeing it, you know, acted out or, or the story being told um, is a lot of times like what will happen is we'll, it will either get better or like I said, it will be like, oh, that's not working. Um, so it goes back to the the creative sol- problem solving thing I was, you know, telling you about before when I was shooting. Um, but there's, you know, it's just something kind of cool about seeing, you know, seeing your story told. Um, I mean, we do that with like uh, commercials a lot of time because you just, you know, you sit in a, a room and you bat ideas back and forth and blah blah blah, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, well, what if we did this? Oh yeah, and then we could this and that would da da da. And it's then kind of the you know, flow, the kind of yeah, flow and then, state. And then you know, two months later, you're sitting on a set, you know, and this whole thing is happening, and you're wow. like, wow, that that came from, you know, from you saying this or me saying that, and look at all these people are doing something. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. And then you're gonna have like a freak out moment when you're sitting in AMC yes, for no reason. You're like, I'm about to watch I don't, this. Yeah, it's like, I. I don't, it's like, I don't want to be there, but I, I want to be there because I want to hear how people react. Yeah. But I don't want to hear how people don't react. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> like, yeah. you probably have moments in it where you're like, they should laugh here. Right, right. They should, it should be. Yes. There are definitely those pregnant moments. Pregnant yeah. Well, it's actually funny because sometimes, um, you know, people will find humor and stuff that you didn't anticipate, which is, which is actually cool. Yeah. Um, kind of scary, yeah. kind of vulnerable, but yeah, yeah. Um, but the yeah, the worst is if they don't find humor in, <laughs> and then you're just what gonna... you intended. Yeah, but it... I mean, but at the end of the day, it's the best kind of way to put this baby out into the world because it's just gonna be surrounded by film loving people. Yeah, right, and yeah. and they want to like it, like they they want it right. to succeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, and the goal is to to entertain people. Yeah. I mean, it really is to you know have them escape, escape, have them think about something different for yeah. you know seventy seven minutes. Exactly. <laughs> Enjoy some music. And then music. a little, a little bit after that, it, will there be yeah. like a talk back portion or? I I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, at the premiere um, on Saturday, John Lovitz is going to be there. Oh, and cool. Grant um, is going to be there. Wow. The other actor, and um, so I assume there will be There'll some be some sort of that. yeah talking a lot <laughs> which you're uh, <laughs> looking forward to or? yeah, yeah. Well, i think yeah I, i'm sure a lot of the questions will go to uh, to to john lovett yeah about his dog jerry bruckheimer right. <laughs> he brings his which is ther- as it should be right? he has a therapy Does he? he brings everywhere is it's it gonna be awesome. there oh i'm sure yeah he's on the he's on the set yeah. was he in the movie no we couldn't figure out how to get him in the movie mm-hmm. And we Literally. had, and he probably would have had to sign a waiver, and yeah. they would ask probably for more money. Oh, and God. you know, Never no mind. dogs. Yeah, <laughs> they're really demanding <laughs> they dogs. Um, cool. Wow. Well, congratulations. Well, thanks. I, I mean, appreciate I think it. it's it's gonna be. I've seen the trailer. I've heard you talk about it enough. Now I got to go see it. Yeah. Um. So, it's this Saturday, October fourteenth. Right. Fourteenth. October fourteenth. At uh, eight forty five. Eight forty five p.m. Yeah. And then again Wednesday. Wednesday the 18th at 5.45. Okay. And then next Saturday the 21st at 12.30 in the afternoon. Okay, so plenty of time to see it. Yeah, yeah. And then after that kind of... Well, then um, you could go to Austin. Okay. Because it's going to be in the film festival there. Great. South by Southwest or... No, No, it's uh, Austin Film Film Festival. Austin Film Festival. And then um, 
Texas loves us because then it goes to um, the Fort Worth um, festival. Awesome. Yeah. Go big or go home or go to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to go to all those? Um, I'll be, yeah, I will be at those too. Cool. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got some so, exciting time coming yeah. up. Yeah. Trying to see if it gets into Berlin. That would be good. Wow. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Love <laughs> Berlin. Somewhere. I'll give you some tips on, on that city because it's a good one. Maybe Cairns is a good yeah, one to go to. That would be, Toronto. That'd be interesting. Yeah. All those. Anything so, would be great. What's it? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> all of it. What do you just like? Kind of send it to people, and then just kind of wait to see, or is it more of a process? Yeah, it's a process. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, and there's a website that accommodates it mm, and has all the things, websites. and you go, right. yes, send it to here. Yeah. Here's entry fee. Mm-hmm. Send it to here. Here's mm. entry oh, fee. all about yeah. that entry fee. Yeah. That's Click here. They get you. <laughs> yeah, the same like applying to colleges. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you already have the thing done. Yes. So. Yes, which is the the big thing. That's the big thing, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Scott. This is awesome. Absolutely, I appreciate Um, it. Really appreciate it. Chasing the Blues, you can find out more at chasingthebluesfilm.com, is it? I think it's just chasingthebluesfilm.com, which is a great, great title. Good you got that that URL. Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs) There's a whole story about the title, but we can leave that. Well, no, let's hear it. Let's end with that. I love that. Oh, oh, geez, okay. What was the the short story called? It was... The short story was called "Though Death Wears Thy Sting," um, okay. which is which was the name of the song that Jimmy Kane Baldwin oh. did. And in the um, in the story in, in the screenplay, we had them. Um, there were like four takes of the song because part of the thing, part of the mystery of the song is that in the chorus you hear screaming of of somebody being murdered, <gasps> um, which goes back to Jimmy Kane Baldwin. Yeah. Because he murdered his girlfriend. Oh. And his escape was to Chicago to record a song to make money to leave. And, and wow. Yeah. So that's sort of the backstory of that. And so there were there were basically four takes. And and the sound engineer, as opposed to writing out, oh, death, where's thy sting, just, you know, called it death. And so it was death take one, death take two, death take three, death take four. And um, so... We called it Death Take Two, which I thought was a cool name. Yeah, totally. Um, but not everybody thought the same <laughs> because we had it. No, I mean, and we had it, you know, forever Death and ever. Take two, Death the take number. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the second second take. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it was through production, um, everything, the, the, you know, the, the corporation is Death Take 2, LLC or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, um, but um, when we started talking, you know, more, more um, in depth to distributors, you know, it was like, well, what kind of movie is this? It sounds like a... <laughs> Is it like a horror sequel? Oh, God. Or oh, what's it like, <laughs> wait, there's a death in it? Or... Yeah. So, so, like, mm. so we got a lot of pushback. Right. And um, and names are really hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, in advertising, you come across that yeah. probably all the time for yeah. everything. Right. And, and so, um, you know, it it took, um, I don't know, it took a couple, couple of weeks, you know, and then it was just and batting just stuff like, back and forth. We just, and like, then, wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, maybe it could be blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you do. Uh, I would Vinyl do lists. Wars. Yeah, I do lists. Yeah, I mean stuff, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we were, you know, John and I were going back and forth, yeah. and um, and you know, we had thought we had one, 
the John would be like, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not really feeling that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah. And then I just came up with chasing the blues because, because that's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, that was the thing. You start looking at titles of movies and how absurd they are. Yeah. You know, like no. Money Monster. Right. You know, um, what else? it's just like a lot of them are just one name. Mm-hmm. Just kind of one-offs. like. Yeah. Um, but mostly, you know, what's in a title is what it's about. What's happening, yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they don't make much sense, but. Um, Chasing the Blues is a good name. Yeah. Yeah. It tells you kind of a, what it's about. Yeah. Cool. Anywho. All right. I love story. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's what we're here for, you know. It's like anything else you have to add or I better go. <laughs> Come see the movie, please. Yes. Thank or you. Or watch it on Netflix when it gets on there or wherever. Yeah, we'll let everyone it know. Up. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thank All you right. so much, Scott. You know. Have okay. a good one. All right. This is Lisa FM. Music this week from Chasing the Blues. You can find the soundtrack on Spotify. Um, also, to keep up with this podcast, head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, just search for Lease.fm. You should find me. Um, I also love getting emails, so feel free to get in touch. Podcast at gmail.com. If you're a band or an artist or you know one that you want me to talk to, definitely uh, hit me up there.